The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, August 7, 2018, and this is The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Coming up on today's show, Buzz Burbank from Buzz Burbank News and Comment is right here, sitting right over there. I'm looking at him. Actually, I'm not really looking at him. I just made that up. He's far, far away. We're far away from each other. Uh, Let's see what else. Trump confessed that Don Jr.'s meeting with a dozen Russians at Trump Tower was about receiving dirt about Hillary Clinton. You're damn right he ordered the code red. Uh, We're going to dig into the Liberty Amendments and the right-wing plot to rewrite the Constitution. That's not too terrifying, is it? And it's Election Day in Ohio's 12th District. If you live in Ohio 12th, Stop listening to the show and get your ass to the polls right now. Get going. Seriously. And if the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out, head on over to Bubble Genius and pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator. Sexy. (laughs) This item is only available for a limited time. So get yours now, only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you get 15% off your entire order, the whole thing, only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's gonna do it? You? You, Lieutenant Weinberg? I have a greater responsibility than you can possibly fathom. You weep for Santiago and you curse the Marines. You have that luxury. You have the luxury of not knowing what I know. That Santiago's death, while tragic, probably saved lives. And my existence, while grotesque and incomprehensible to you, saves lives. You don't want the truth because deep down in places you don't talk about at parties. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. We use words like honor, code, loyalty. We use these words as the backbone of a life spent defending something. You use them as a punchline. I have neither the time nor the inclination to explain myself to a man who rises and sleeps under the blanket of the very freedom that I provide and then questions the manner in which I provide it. I would rather you just said thank you and went on your way. Otherwise, I suggest you pick up a weapon and stand a post. Either way, I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. Did you order the code red? I did the job. Did you order the code red? You're goddamn right I did! Bob Seska! I don't know what we're yelling about! The Bob Seska Show! It is the uh, Trump crisis day 565, 90 days until the 2018 midterm. God damn it. Yep. And possibly the end of American democracy as we know it, according to Shouty McShoutface, my man Malcolm Nance. Oh, hey, look, right over there. It's TV's Buzz Burbank. Buzz. Buzz. Hello. Where's Buzz? I don't hear Buzz. Hey, Bob, sorry. Oh, there I, he is. I, walked, I, I came through the wrong door. <laughs> I was like, 
did we lose Buzz? I, no, I, I, I was. I, I was in the pretend green room, <laughs> and uh, I was thinking about last week's show. And and uh, as I understand it, the last week's show was to talk about our opposition. Yeah. And and I just want to say that's perfectly legal. <laughs> uh, uh, people do it all the time. And uh, besides, I didn't know about it. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> right. Oh, God, God. We got to get to that. We got to get to that in just a second. We're talking about Don Jr. and Trump throwing him under the bus and how dumb that was. Donald Trump ordered the code red. You're damn right he ordered the code red. <laughs> yes, he did. And now he's confessed to it. Yep. And by the way, just to get this out of the way, because there's something else I was thinking about in the pretend green room. <laughs> uh, and that is, here's a fun, I was looking, going over Trump's tweets. Uh-huh. And here's a fun game. You go through and you replace, every time he says no collusion, just replace the word collusion with masturbation. <laughs> it's a fun game. That's right. And it'll it'll cheer you up. We got to make that a hashtag. We got to start that hashtag. (laughs) He's, uh, (laughs) he's, he's, you know, and and he's really hurt. We got him now, Bob, because we we really have him this time because he's got to be hurt that they're now talking about removing his star from the Hollywood Walk of Fame. (laughs) Yeah, nothing could cut him deeper than that. Exactly. Exactly. So we win, right? Yep. Yep. We absolutely, you know what? That's, we'll take the small wins when we can get them. We'll take that. I'll take eliminating that star. Yeah, yeah, no doubt yeah, until about the, that. Until the election results come in, that's what we've got to got to settle for. So meanwhile, Buzz, I'm just crazy jealous of Stephanie Miller and Malcolm Nance, for that matter. Well, Stephanie, Stephanie Miller are. and <laughs> I know Stephanie Miller and Malcolm Nance uh, attended over the weekend Martin Sheen's birthday party, and the photographs all over Stephanie Miller's uh, Twitter feed—they're uh-huh. just—they're just breathtaking. Al Pacino, <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne, Lawrence O'Donnell, yeah. Emilio Estevez, right. Richard Schiff, Bradley Whitford—basically the entire cast of The West Wing was there, which made mm-hmm. me immensely mm-hmm. jealous because I bet you I could defeat any one of those people—the people who actually wrote the show and starred in the show. I bet I could beat those people in West Wing trivia contests. I, I'm just <laughs> you probably. Good. Just you, throwing you that out do, there. Uh, like a lot of people have memorized the Bible passages. <laughs> you have memorized passages from the West Wing. And by, uh, let me just say this about uh, the lovely, wonderful, brilliant, uh, talented Stephanie Miller. Okay. She's always, <laughs> you know, showing us pictures of her rubbing elbows with famous people. And yeah. it does. It makes all of us jealous and it makes all of us uh, wish we were her. <laughs> That's exactly right. All right. So. Uh, you know what? I want to see if I can get uh, this person to be on my interview show one of these days. I want to talk to Duke University historian Nancy McLean, who mm-hmm. was on uh, the Bill Maher show the other night on HBO, Real Time with Bill Maher. Um, she was sounding the alarm on that show. And if you made it through to that point in the show uh, Friday night without uh, you know, falling asleep or getting preoccupied with Trump, Trump's tweets or something like that, then you <laughs> saw easily the, one of the most terrifying segments ever in the history of that show. True. Where she was talking about Nancy McLean. Uh, she was the mid-show guest. She came on and was talking about her new book in which she details what the Republicans and the Koch brothers are planning for the long term. Now, bear in mind, yeah. we've been talking about this for a long time, Buzz, the fact that the conservative movement has a long view in terms of its strategy. This is something sure. that the, the modern fruition of what we see right now with Donald Trump and before him, uh, George W. Bush and Sarah Palin and the rise of the Tea Party and things like the takeover of Fox News Channel, those mm-hmm. seeds were all planted 
upwards of 50 years ago. I mean, we're talking about going, you could take this that, timeline. That all is over. a long-term, that is a long-term plan, isn't it? It, it really, really yeah. is. And it's actually the case because if you take a look back to 1964, the aftermath of the 64 election, again, speaking of Stephanie right. Miller, her dad right. was the running mate with uh, Barry Goldwater in that election. And, and, uh, and of course they got blown out by LBJ. And then the conservatives felt like, Jesus Christ, we got to regroup. We got to try something here. We have to infiltrate the electorate from the ground up. So what they started to do is this long-term process of uh, which also included guys like Roger Ailes, who uh, started the seed, planted the seeds for Fox News Channel at that point in time, where they started infiltrating state and local level governments and then right. building their coalition from that groundwork on up, right? And well, really succeeded in getting control of those state and local governments. Yeah. And here's the next step. Which is what I'm getting at. This is the terrifying thing, Buzz. Nancy McLean writes about this in her, in her book. 26 states right now are controlled entirely by Republicans. That is horrifying. We all know this. We know that the, there are 26 state governments that uh, Republicans control both chambers of the state house and the governorships of those. Which is states. weird, which is weird and revealing because yeah. uh, that does not represent the political makeup of the United States. Right. Interestingly enough, they've been able to do really, really well at the state level and not a shock because again as i was saying they've been working toward this practically since 1964 this level of state control where they have trifectas in 26 states and the really truly terrifying aspect of this is they only need 34 states controlled right. entirely by where the state legislatures are controlled by republicans they mm -hmm. only need two-thirds of the total number of states was 34 states to trigger right. a constitutional convention based on right. article five of the constitution right and, and thereby proposing all new all new constitutional amendments an entire slate can be proposed now granted additions additions to the existing ones yes yeah right or they could actually you know propose repealing a bunch of the older ones uh, they could uh although they certainly won't repeal the second amendment uh, yeah the ones they they would hope to to add are very scary and yeah. before we go too far down this rabbit hole let me just remind everybody which really underscores the point you made in the pre-opening there that this is one reason why voting has never been so important oh yeah oh my uh, god and there's and there's some hope in that regard uh, lieutenant governor's races uh, across the country uh, in places like kansas and michigan are showing us that uh people are ready for a change at mm -hmm. the state government level yeah and so if that number what are we at 26 28 on the conservative side 26 as they, as they as they go for 34 well they still have the good news is they have a ways to go and the mm -hmm. better news is they're going to lose ground uh, in this upcoming election yes so it that doesn't make that doesn't doesn't make any of what we're about to cover any less scary. Uh, it is, if anything else, all the more reason to turn out and vote and make this happen, make sure that we haven't just been giving it lip service these recent months, but that we really intend to turn out and vote in the special elections and the primaries, the Florida primaries coming up, a lot of primaries across the country yep. today. Uh, and and uh, lieutenant, Republican lieutenant governors now are suddenly in trouble. And of course, uh, they've had a lot to do with the voting and, and other issues uh, that uh, progressives care very much about. And let's hope and pray, if you're a 
praying man. Let's hope and pray that uh, Russia is not already planning along with this entire plan to take over more state governments and so on. Because if that's the case, we know already that they're mm-hmm. working on or working diligently to, to worm their way into the voting tabulation process. Now, in fact, this is something else that uh, Nancy McLean was talking about on uh, Real Time the other night. When, in, coincidentally, something exactly that I've been talking about since November 9th, 2016, which is that it doesn't require... In fact, I was talking about this even before the election <laughs> they don't need to break into the voting booths they don't need right. to, to, to right. alter the voting booths themselves and there's hacker right. conventions that we've heard about where they where teenagers have been able to break into uh right. voting machines they don't need to do all they need to do is get into the computers at the boards of elections at the right. in these various states and alter the computers that store and tally the votes That's and they can continue can continue to try to influence uh, public opinion right. you know uh, what they what perhaps uh, the russians have learned from the republicans slowly becoming the same group mm-hmm. and maybe not all that slowly <laughs> but becoming the same group yeah uh what they've learned what russians have learned from republicans is that the key to controlling the federal government is through the state government yeah. and i hope i'm not getting ahead of the game when i say that some of these 11 amendments that were proposed mm-hmm. uh to to the constitution uh, should they get control should conservatives get control of 34 states um several of them uh, have to do with states rights and states powers actually yeah, uh, states could amend the Constitution and go around Congress. Uh, state uh, the states would appoint their senators. Uh, the people of those states would no longer be able to elect them. Uh, they're, they're incredible strength is being given to the states just at a time the re- the Russians are learning from the Republicans that that's the key to controlling the country. Mm-hmm. Right, and they only need thirty eight states to ratify these amendments. Now, mind you, yeah, I mean, while they only need thirty four states 34, to, yeah. to have the convention, they right. still need thirty eight to ratify this slate of amendments and frankly the the slate of amendments that they're working on were proposed by talk radio screecher and talking adenoid mark Mm -hmm. levin we all know mark levin's voice it's been burned into our brains anyone who's actually listened to his show at any length of time (laughs) knows mark i've somehow managed to avoid it he sounds a little bit like this i mean he's he's really nasally and he sounds yeah he's not i mean more nasally than uh gordon liddy if that's even oh, I can't. I, I can't even imagine that. And I, although I've never heard the man, I thought that was an excellent impression of it. Yes. Well, thank you very much. I try. I really do my Mark Levin impressions. But uh, you know, he proposed in a book called "The Liberty Amendments." Uh, a, a series of 11, as you said, 11 constitutional amendments that they want right. to propose. And this would be the starting point when they convene this constitutional amendment for a proposed slate of actual amendments that would then have to be ratified by 38 states. This series of amendments is a little bit terrifying because basically what you're talking about is a strategy whereby they realize that they can control state governments. So therefore why not grant more power to the states? It's our also, you know, it also goes back to the whole state's rights theory that, that feeds libertarianism feeds the far right attitude toward uh, things going all the way back to the civil war, going back to pre-civil war. So here we go. Here's the uh, list of Liberty amendments as proposed by Mark Levin. And Mark Levin says we should have these number one, 
proposed congressional term limits. So there, there would be congressional term limits. That would be the first one. This would be a rather innocuous one. I don't think many yeah. people would disagree with this. So that's actually something that could really end up I, I do it just very briefly. I, I have mixed feelings about this in that on one hand, uh, I do believe that the framers uh, did not have in mind career politicians. Yeah. On the other hand, if you get, if, what if you got somebody, I mean, I, it just seems to me that if somebody has done a really, truly good job of representing their district yeah. and uh, they're inspiring and uplifting and everyone loves them, and by everyone I mean at least a majority of people. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I kind of would want them to stay rather than some guy come in who doesn't know what he's doing. I, yeah. You know, so it's a, it's a tough call, but you're right. That's, that one's fairly innocuous. They're not going to get a lot of uh, it's. It's a big issue with people. People on the street discuss congressional term limits all the time and yep. say they're in favor of it. And I kind of agree with them, but I kind of worry about that. But it gets much worse after number one. Oh yeah, yeah. Consider that a gateway. That's their gateway yeah. amendment. That's right. where. But right. that's where they get everyone's yeah. attention, right? It's and then bait. So, it's yeah. bait. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the next one is repealing the Seventeenth Amendment. Before the 17th Amendment, the states chose senators, mm -hmm. appointed U.S. Right. senators, rather than there being a vote for U.S. Yeah. senators. So your state is, lawmakers would vote among themselves. You yeah. have no say in this, who your senator would be. So by repealing the 17th Amendment, that would return the election of senators back to state legislatures, which, mm -hmm. of course, are controlled mostly by Republicans right now. So you're basically talking about a Republican yeah. takeover of the U.S. Senate and, and keeping that calcified for a while, as long as they maintain control of the states, which they do right now uh impose term limits for supreme court justices and restrict judicial review uh that's another one where re judicial review is actually something that they've been wanting marbury versus madison is something they've wanted to overturn forever because they're strict constructionists and believe that what's been written in the constitution shall not be amended or reinterpreted by the courts so this is another sinister end around with regard to uh altering constitution uh it will require a balanced budget and limit federal spending amendment which would uh sound good on the surface where everyone would go yes yes make them tighten their belts make them run the government like a business or whatever nonsense they come up with but generally people believe this so consider this another gateway amendment where in fact what it'll do is it'll restrict spending to the point where there'll have to be drastic cuts if not entire eliminations of things like medicare social right. security right. medicare medicaid and all of these other social programs that uh that they tend to want to or that they want to basically the new deal uh, coalition the new deal yeah. slate of laws yeah that's number four it's partly an argument for a smaller government but uh, moreover it's a, a real opportunity to get rid of medicare medicaid etc right uh they want to subject federal departments and bureaucratic regulations to periodic reauthorization and review they want to define a deadline to file taxes they want to create a more specific de definition of the commerce clause they want to limit it uh, limit eminent domain powers of the federal uh -huh. government the they want to allow states these are all, I'm just blasting through some of these amendments. Right. They want to allow states to more easily amend the Constitution by bypassing Congress. This is uh -huh. another scary one. Yeah, uh, they want to create a process where two thirds of the states can nullify federal laws. Well, there's your Very other, scary. there's your Very other scary. side of your uh, your Civil War coalition in the South wanting to uh, reinstitute and restrengthen states' rights, and then also add nullification there. And those of us with uh, backgrounds and knowledge about the history of civil rights in this country know mm -hmm. that states' rights and nullification are two dog whistles for slavery and Jim Crow and segregation and all the rest of it. 
Uh, oh, okay. And then this would be and the eleventh. And finally, yeah. re- require photo ID to vote mm-hmm. and limit early voting. This yeah. is the Republican Party not wanting you to vote. They want to make voting more difficult because the higher the voter turnout, the more poorly they do in elections. That's the way it and, always works, right? And yes, and also uh, by requiring photo IDs, uh, they control who votes. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. And the they people can, who they can turn that on and off with a switch. Yep. And what they'll do is they'll make sure that older people can't vote. They'll make sure that minorities can't vote. They'll make sure uh, uh, poor people can't vote. Working class people who vote long or work long hours at work, maybe work several jobs and don't have the mm-hmm. time to vote. Everything's mm-hmm. going to be more difficult for those voters. And who do those voters vote for? Well, they happen to mostly vote for Democrats. So there you go. one you brushed by quickly that I think deserves at least a nod, and that is sure. the the thing about uh, subjecting federal departments and bureaucratic regulations to periodic reauthorization and review. What yeah. that's saying is uh, you, every department has to get a grade card every year, and while that sounds like a good idea, and maybe on some level, or in some limited way, it is, but this is a chance to get rid of more programs, to get rid of more social programs, and it's it's a chance to pick and choose what gets funded and what doesn't and to do it on a political basis and without stability yep. some of these departments these departments can then no longer have long-term goals right uh, they they can't plan for the future they can't make a long-term plan because they don't know what the next year or the next administration or the next congress is going to do yeah and then there's no continuity in terms of the implementation right. of policy the implementation of laws that all gets scrambled once and, they, and they so, start taking yeah. the jenga blocks out of the system it all <laughs> starts to fall down and that's so the whole a, point at, yeah and as a package then these are terrible ideas mm-hmm. and of course uh th- this could wreck everything and then we don't want that to happen uh so again the answer is to vote the good news again to me is if they need 38 to ratify and they've got 28 now and they're yep. about to lose some states even if they only lose two they're already 10 back if they lose any more they're going to be fine this is going to go back to being a fringe idea if every Everybody votes. Right. And remember that this is something that is getting a heavy amount of funding from people like the Koch brothers. I mean, the Koch brothers have been working toward this plan and this series of amendments for a long, long time and spending lots and lots of money. And you thought they were going to be our Koch brothers for a while. (laughs) See, I mean, look, uh, dare to dream sometimes. But I've I've thought about you all week about that. And they, oh, man, I'll bet he's sorry he said that. I've I've done my share. But and. You know, it's funny because usually uh, you're the one who advises me to be wary of something. Yeah. Uh, so I was really surprised <laughs> by that whole uh, chain of events. Well, part of it was I was kidding. But, but the other part of it, I was like, well, yeah. maybe no, something's happening here. Who knows? I know. But uh, I was starting starting to wonder if you were Q. Yeah. Well, they, they do. on. That's yeah. right. You know what? I might be. Uh, <laughs> Democracy in Chains is the name of the book. Nancy McLean. You can go get That's it. That's hot. Go to, go to bobseska.com. I'll add the link to the uh, podcast page for this one. So you want to pick up that book and yeah speaking of things that we said on the show that people got pissed off about for god's sake you know what we played audio last week on thursday's show with jackie schecker we played audio of chris coons the senator from delaware Uh reading a very dry uh (laughs) presentation of the section of the u.s code that makes collusion and conspiracy illegal 
And, right. and we had a little fun with Chris Coons's very, 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 <laughs> very, very bone dry delivery. Uh, yeah. And, guys. you know, I can tell Buzz that everyone is on edge from this Trump crisis. I can tell that yes. everyone is their nerves are frayed because yes. people just didn't like us uh, laughing at Chris Coons. We were, you know what? We were laughing with Chris Coons. We weren't laughing at Chris right. Coons. Yeah, no, I mean, anybody who knows you or your show, I think, understands that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he would, he would be, that would be hard to listen to. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I grant you that. But, but, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a little fun. And yeah, we are, we are on edge. Uh, we're, we've run out of patience, I yeah. think is maybe a good way of putting it at this point. Well, you we're, know, we've run out of patience. Well, you know, Bill Maher on his show played a clip of a, uh, a congressman who was just letting the Trumpers have it during a uh -huh. congressional hearings the other day and you know right. what i i thought of that clip of chris coons when i saw that clip of the uh, congressman the democratic congressman screaming about the emergency that we're in right now and i feel like yeah that was kind of our point that was kind of the point that jackie and i had and jackie of course is working with this stuff up close and personal every damn day at investigate russia.org so we're going you know what where's the anger where's the forcefulness where's the energy behind this because look you can have all the facts lined up in the world but if you bore people to tears with them they will not listen and the facts will get lost we have to see that's the key with democratic politics we have all the truth behind us we have the facts we have the knowledge we have the linking to objective reality well let's make it compelling for voters it's the truth we can make it compelling why don't we do that so we should we should get out there and do it instead of going Here's Title 52, Chapter Section 0.95. It just gets so uh, mind-numbingly boring at that point. Well, and you and I both side, and you've talked about this before, fall on the side of passion and, and uh, you know, having that sort of passion, like passion and compassion. Yeah. But uh, having that and demonstrating that, I think, is necessary, so long as you don't behave like a raving lunatic. <laughs> but I, but I, think, I think, you know, to work up, some excitement to try to impart the importance of this election yeah. to other people is absolutely necessary. And we have too many soft-spoken uh, words, carefully chosen Democrats. Yeah. Uh, we could we could be a little rougher. We could be a little tougher. Yeah. We, we do come off wimpy, even when we're armed with the facts. The facts won't win us this. And by the way, speaking of winning and losing, uh, there was a very, I thought, encouraging moment in this week's Bill Maher show uh, that was worth uh, underscoring. And uh, I don't remember which guest said it, but it was a, a reference to the fact that, uh, you know, that it's important to bring this country together from the standpoint that it was Russia's goal mm -hmm. to divide us. And I, I read a quote today, something about contempt is as bad for a country as it is for a marriage. Yep. Uh, and this, we cannot maintain in this country this level of contempt. And I thought it was somewhat encouraging when asked how we should deal with this horrible mm. problem. Uh, I believe, and it was, believe it was a female guest. Her response was uh, with issues, with things like health care, yeah. yeah. uh, social security, uh, you know, retirement ages, those sorts of issues. Uh, child care, 
you know, that's those are the things that we all have in common and to a large degree agree upon. Yeah. I, I mean, even immigration, as complicated as that can be, as complicated as Trump found it to be, uh, well, there's a lot of common ground between conservatives and liberals on immigration. I think we all agree that the nation needs to be secure. Uh, progressives never said it didn't. We, I, I think it's all in how you go about it and mm-hmm. – how compassionate your policies are. You know, if I were if I were a prosecutor, for example, or a judge, I would want to do those jobs according to the law. It would be my job to uphold the laws of the United States, but I would try to apply that with compassion. Yeah, uh, and I think that's isn't that the answer? The mm-hmm. law plus compassion. I, doesn't that doesn't that pretty much cover everything? Sure, and I do think there yeah. there are people who voted for Donald Trump, and we may hear from them later on the show. We've got a uh, another one of their CNN focus groups where there are definitely people who voted for Donald Trump who are mm-hmm. disgusted and who yeah. are leaving the ranks of the red hats. That and, helps and too. We from a few mm-hmm. of them, so there are people who can be reasoned with at this point. There are still them, and while we tend to paint with a broad brush. We look at the rallies and we see all the red hats at the rallies and we go, man, they're all oh. fucked in the head. But you know what? Not all of them are. They're, the people who go to the rallies are not fully representative, I think, of Trump voters. So I'm trying to be, along right. with you, Buzz, I'm trying right. to be a little bit hopeful here that some people still can be convinced. And I think it's worth a shot to at least try to do it. But at the same time, you know what? Going back to my original point, I still have to go along with the Bruno Gianelli theory in terms of how Democrats need to communicate. And we all know Bruno Gianelli from the West Wing, this classic clip. I don't know any other way to fight fire, Toby. Why are you so bent on carrying these idiot leaflets? Because I am tired of working for candidates who make me think I should be embarrassed to believe what I believe, yep. Sam. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of getting them elected. Mm-hmm. We all need some therapy. Because somebody came along and said liberal means soft on crime, soft on drugs, soft on communism, soft on defense. And we're going to tax you back to the Stone Age because people shouldn't have to go to work if they don't want to. And instead of saying, well, excuse me, you right-wing, reactionary, xenophobic, homophobic, anti-education, anti-choice, pro-gun, leave Mm -hmm. it to beaver trip back to the 50s. Yeah. We cowered in the corner and said... Please don't hurt me. Oh man! No more. Yeah, that's right. That is so true. Yep. That is that is sadly, and sadly is, so true. That's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm getting at. That's why. Yeah. That's the idea behind why Jackie and I were going. Maybe he should jazz it up a little bit. <laughs> maybe the senator <laughs> yeah. ought to take it up a notch. Exactly, and, and yeah. that was your point, and yeah. it's a point well taken. There's too much, and I look at uh, Adam Schiff. Brilliant, brilliant man. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. I'm sure he was a superb prosecutor. I yep. have no doubt about it. Uh, he's not our spokesman and he never will be because he's, he's a little too mousy. He's a mm-hmm. little too soft spoken. I'm not referring just to his physical appearance. I'm referring to his demeanor. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, we need, uh, you know, and, and I know uh, democratic candidates right now cannot win their elections, uh, based on we're going to get Trump. Uh, that's not yeah. going to get them elected. They need to talk about health care, and they are, and that's, that seems to be working well. Uh, but when the, 
subject comes up when the question is asked, <laughs> yeah. uh, it needs to be addressed full force. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not looking for professional wrestling from the Democrats. I'm not saying right, that we need to right. imitate Trump. We don't need no. to be idiots. We don't need to be screaming loons on the national stage. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about showing some alpha a little bit. I think that mm-hmm. we need a little bit more alpha. We need to channel guys yeah. like uh, Anthony Bourdain when it comes to uh, uh, how I think Democrats can comport themselves. And I think there's more to do more oomph to put behind more heft to put behind well, our message. It, it, it can't be me i have a souffle in the oven <laughs> right on that note oh my god we got to talk about new yorker the new yorker magazine oh yeah this is my favorite magazine with my favorite covers uh buzz you and i both laughed out loud and we're exchanging we- screenshots of it uh and i love the articles and there are long articles and short articles and news making articles we love we all we actually subscribe to this thing yep. and we're hooked we're just absolutely hooked oh my god yeah it's, it's the best magazine you could possibly get if you want to get knee deep into the issues you want to get deeply into everything that's going Going on right now, whether it's uh, the Russia scandal or you can get into uh, uh, the, the work of Pulitzer Prize winner Ronan Farrow, that's the worth the uh, that's worth the price of subscription right there. But there is so much more. New Yorker is your sanctuary for satire, art reviews, cartoons, literature, poetry. It's a worldwide look at politics, international affairs, pop culture, the arts, science, technology, business, fiction, and humor. The New Yorker has both uh, insightful content and. It's entertaining. I was just talking about the cartoons on the cover, for God's sake. The one with Trump face planting (laughs) at the bottom of the escalator is one of my favorite magazine covers of all time. Uh, In in addition to Ronan Farrow, The New Yorker also features the Pulitzer Prize winning work of Catherine Schultz and Emily Nussbaum. And subscriptions uh, bring you The New Yorker to your web browser, by the way, or through an app or straight to your ebook device or to your mailbox like I get it. I get the print version or any combination of those uh, those different iterations. The subscription also gets you online access to every issue ever published since 1925. So if you're researching, this is what you got to use. You got to go back to the archives. For God's sake, you should go back, just look at them for fun. That's what I do. Right now and for a limited time, get the New Yorker any way you wish. 12 issues for just 12 bucks, and then they throw in a free tote bag on top of all of that. But if you go to newyorker.com slash B-O-B-C right now, you'll get the 12 issues and the tote bag for just six bucks. That's 50 cents an issue of one of the best, most news-breakingest publications around. Stay on top of the news with arguably the best magazine in America. Read something that actually means something. Read The New Yorker, and now for less, at newyorker.com slash B-O-B-C. Subscribe right now. The Bob Seska Show. Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. And welcome back to our Tuesday show. Uh, make sure to go shopping through our Amazon link. It's the all-caps Amazon link just beneath the logo at BobSeska.com. It takes you right to the front page of Amazon.com. You go shopping as you normally would, but we collect a teeny tiny commission for some of the things that you purchase. It costs you nothing extra. And thank you so much for doing that. Make sure to go buy a copy of Democracy in Chains or actually make sure to go buy a copy of Malcolm Nance's book. Uh, he's got two books out. The latest one is is absolutely worth reading. If you want to get the, the living pants scared off of you, uh, go do that. All right. I got to say, Democracy in Chains 
It sounds like a Mike Pence fantasy. <laughs> you know, going back yeah, to the so. you know, S&M thing. I say, yeah, actually, we'd, Mike Pence's version would be democracy in leather and chains. That's, That's hot. Something slightly, hot. <laughs> slightly yeah. different. Uh, okay, so Alex Jones got booted off of YouTube. He got booted oh. off of Facebook. He got booted off of iTunes. It's so bad. Oh. I know. It's so sad, so sad. for poor Alex Jones. Yeah, I know. Sad. I know. And it's, uh, you know, again, he's screaming First Amendment violation. He's screaming uh, censorship. Yeah. You know, he's just screaming, screaming about freedom of speech. Well, of course, the First Amendment doesn't protect Alex Jones from Facebook and Twitter or iTunes or Stitcher or whoever else is banned. Well, he's not, he's, he's, they've mostly moved him off Facebook, if not entirely, yeah. as well. And Spotify and YouTube and uh, iTunes have all kicked him off now. And 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 that's a wonderful thing, and it's a big thing, and I appreciate yeah. it. Uh, but uh, the, maybe the bigger story here is how long it took them to get around to it. I know. They, these were lucrative relationships yeah. between InfoWars and Facebook. Facebook made a bundle of money off, what is it, 92 million views uh, that that's oh, had? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they made a little dough on that with advertising. <laughs> right. Uh, the, the number of people they were reaching, telling advertisers, look how many people were reaching with Facebook, and they were including in that uh, the Alex Jones uh, download numbers. Uh, and, and all the while saying it's against our community standards, they issued a statement saying it was against what, what Alex Jones had posted was against their community standards and uh, they would uh, that such a thing was against their community standards. They reviewed the video, came back and said, no, nah, it doesn't violate our community standards. Uh, Facebook and, and all the rest of them, iTunes and Spotify and, and YouTube, were all under tremendous pressure uh, to live up to what they said they were going to do, which yep. is remove fake news from their site. And then they didn't. You know, it's just been lip service. Yeah. Well, finally, they've done something here that's significant. And like I said, I'm grateful. But WTF, as you know, as as Paul Manafort asked uh, Rick Gates. Yeah. You know, oh, wh why? Well, how did it take so long? What's wrong with you people? Yeah. You know, I, I know guys who don't even deal in the realm of politics or it's uh, just, uh, you know, in fact, uh, right. I, I can mention who they are because I think people who listen to the show recognize who these people are. But they're called uh -huh. Red Letter Media. And they do. They, they they were famous for their Star Wars Episode One reviews with Mister Plinkett, and now they do. They also do a show called Half in the Bag, and they've got a bunch of other shows. Well, they keep getting uh, suspended by YouTube, and the most recent suspension of their video happened because YouTube said that they were engaging in deceptive practices. Well, no one is more deceptive than Alex Jones. Alex Jones deals right. in deception. His entire right. thing is deceiving his easily led audience of weirdos and automatons who will buy any. Anything he has to say they buy everything about from chemtrails to shape-shifting lizard people to you know uh, every point in between the fact that juice boxes are, are a conspiracy by the government to turn small children gay I mean you name every possible conspiracy theory that you hear on that show is entirely fabricated by Alex Jones and it's not yeah. just that I mean remember back in the day buzz that they used to go after advertisers who misled people who misled their audience misled customers there's they said still do uh, believe it or not the federal trade commission still has very strict rules in writing and they still mostly enforce them i believe well you know and we all 
know that Alex Jones sells all kinds of snake oil right, and other right. elixirs on his show. Including- but if he isn't lying about the snake oil, then he's fine with the FTC. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, he's certainly lying about Super Vitality Mail, and he's also lying about this new product from Alex Jones. Hey, folks. Oh, really? Conspiracy theorist and radio show host Alex Jones here to tell you about a brand new diet plan that I've been using, and you should too. It's not a product of the Illuminati, the New World Order, Raytheon, Bechtel, IBM, the Bilderbergs, or the shape-shifting lizard people from outer space. It's a fine product from the folks at Super Vitality Mail, and it works. Say hello to Super Vitality Mail's Punch Yourself in the Scrotum Diet Plan. And here's how it works. For a low monthly subscription fee of $12,000 a month, Super Vitality Mail will send you weekly techniques for bashing the living hell out of your balls. Now you might be thinking, ow, that's gotta hurt. Almost as much as when Obama uses tiny airplanes and helicopters to move the tornadoes all around. Sure, it might hurt for a few minutes, but after that, your testes develop a resistance to the punching, and they actually right. begin to manufacture vast quantities of what Super Vitality <laughs> male scientists call skinny juice. That'll both increase your vitality and shed those unwanted pounds. Allow me to demonstrate using my sidekick, Dan Badandi. I'm InfoWars groom Dan Badandi, and now I'll punch myself in the scrotum to prove that punch yourself in the scrotum really works. Ow! 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 skinny already in all of those dings. And Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu was a damn witch. That's right, Dan. You look dynamite. Now go eat your applesauce. Ah, uh, can I take the cork off the fork? No, sir. Yes, punch yourself in the scrotum really works. Check out my before and after photos. See that? Sure, you can't actually see the before and after pictures because this is radio. But trust me, I got the documents right here. I'm down to my high school wrestling weight in 60 days. Thanks to Super Vitality Mail's Punch Yourself in the Scrotum system. Go to infowars.com slash scrotum and use the promo code I'm a sucker. Order today. There you go. Order today. You heard what he I said. Was, I, I think that's gonna pass muster. I think they're gonna <laughs> I think they're gonna be okay with that. Uh, Alex, Alex surprised me there because he didn't rattle his papers when he said, "I have the documents right here." That's right. He we does. all we all knew that that we all know that's how he proves on the radio that uh, what he's saying is real is by rattling the papers. <laughs> I, I, I'm not lying. I got the documents right here, as you can see. See, there these they are, are genuine documents. These are pieces of Actual. paper. Actual paper. InfoWars printouts from InfoWars.com, also from PrisonPlanet.com, and I got all the documents right here to prove there are wow. shape-shifting lizard people from outer space infiltrating Congress. And, and He's a little odd, yes. Yeah, a little He's not, odd, like a little the other, not like the other children. <laughs> right. Oh, man. All right, so moving along here. It's Election Day in the Ohio 12th. Danny O'Connor yeah. versus Trump-endorsed State Senator Troy Balderson. Uh, who, by the way, when I was watching the Trump rally the other night, I could have sworn they were saying Bonerson. I had no idea this guy's last name was. Well, I was going, wow. Shows what you were thinking about. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so right now, O'Connor has a, like a razor thin margin. So by but by the time you hear this show, most people uh-huh. who are listening to this show, uh, the election will likely be decided by the time they're all listening. So so don't yell out the winner, goddammit, at your podcast player. You'll spoil no it for all the rest of it. No spoilers, no spoilers. please. 
But yeah. uh, so this is a, this will be interesting to see. This is sort of a. Uh, it's very exciting. It, it is a bellwether. It is a, bellwether, it is a way yeah. to, to measure uh, how it's going to go for Democrats, because this is a red district, a uh, reliably yeah. red district, uh, the 12th in Ohio. And uh, the Democrat has a one point lead. And while that is the victory, uh, this and here's the here's the fun part about that, regardless of the outcome, is with the Democrat leading by one point, uh, the GOP has spent millions of dollars on yep. just this race. They flew in Trump. <laughs> they had Trump in Ohio. Yes, they, they did. Uh, Mike Mike Pence skipped over there. Uh, you know they have they've pulled out all the stops on the Republican side, and they're losing by one point. Yeah, uh, I don't know what else they have in their quiver. Uh, other than than Russia or something else at this point, but yeah. uh, they, they're in trouble, and uh, there's excitement. And and the other good thing about this is uh, today in Ohio, while we don't know how people are casting their ballots or what the ultimate outcome will be, um, to know that your team has a chance of winning, uh, you're more likely to go to the game. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're more likely to turn out if you think your side has a chance, and so it's very exciting. This is an edge of your seat one. Uh, it, it could really tell us how things are going to go. But it, like I said, there's a lot of excitement all around. I think we're going to see uh, Republican lieutenant governors upset in, in Michigan and in Kansas. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on out there. And uh, th this could, I hope, I hope we, I don't regret saying this, th this could turn out to be a very uh, happy day for progressives. Well, think about this. Right now, um, the uh, partisan lean in that district in the Ohio 12th is, is right. plus. 14 for Republicans. So right. Republicans have always held that district, or at least in recent history, they've held that district pretty well uh, uh -huh. with a uh, plus 14 margin. But, but as we've seen a lot of these special elections uh, going back more than a year ago, the Democrats have been picking up a lot of uh, the slack there. Um, and, and, seen and the Republicans have lost their enthusiasm. Yep. Uh, a good deal of them, a, a good number of them, only, you know, I, I don't know what, how that, that side breaks down, but uh, only 30% of the population populace is uh, diehard Trump at this point and uh, I I you know I, I just don't know that they uh, the rest of the Republicans have the wherewithal to make it to the polls yeah and you know what I think Rachel calculated the average Democratic gain in all these special elections the average point gain in, in these various uh, elections going back to April 4th of 2017 that I think it's about 20 I think it's about plus 20 and considering that the Ohio 12th is plus 14 in favor of Republicans plus 20 that swing would put us six points up put the Democrats six points points up conceivably in this district now there are a lot of variables that could uh, mitigate some of that gain but because we've seen gains anywhere from plus five democratic mm -hmm. gains from plus mm -hmm. five all the way up to plus 31 that alabama senate race with uh with roy moore uh, right. Yeah, the Democrats picked up 31 points over the previous election, the Republican margin of the previous election. So that was a huge gain. So with an average of about 20, who knows? I mean, Danny O'Connor might be able to pull this one off. And if he does... As you said, this is going to be the canary in the coal mine. This might be the bellwether for more gains for the Democrats uh, in November. So we're just, I'm, and again, I've just got my exciting. fingers crossed every time I talk yeah. about this because I'm just thinking 
Russians. I'm thinking, Jesus, what have the Russians done? What are they still planning that we haven't heard about yet? It, have yeah. they gotten into the voter databases? Have they gotten into the registration databases? What kind of screwing around are they doing? Because or has the Democratic lead grown in the last 24 hours? We just yeah. don't know. But it, it will be over soon. It will be over by the time most people listen to this. Yes, sure. yes. So uh, again, don't spoil it for the rest of us if you've uh, already heard the results. Now, see, now I'm doing some weird thing with physics and the space-time continuum and, and <laughs> podcasting. Uh, all right, so uh, the, the word now is that QAnon might be a liberal prank. Here's the story. The BuzzFeed put together a story about it's, this. Wait a minute. So, so it's a conspiracy theory about a conspiracy theory. I just yes. want to make sure. Yes, All right. It, go, it, go ahead. Now that yes, it is it full is. disclosure, we needed to know that. All right. You may proceed. <laughs> So uh, so a lot of 4chan users and 8chan users, all the users of the various chans, are beginning to think that this might be a prank on older conservatives, like people like Roseanne and so on, who uh -huh. are very easily dragged into something like this because they're not familiar with a lot of the nuances about how right. information like this gets spread around. But meanwhile, there's a 1999 Italian novel, also happened to be called Q. That is the name of the novel. It's written by uh -huh. three men who published collectively under the name Luther Blissett. Uh -huh. Luther Blissett is a code name often used by leftist pranksters back in the 1990s, specifically leftists who engaged in pranks like Guy Fawkes type things, like a, right. like a liberal version of Guy Fawkes, the uh, uh -huh. V for Vendetta guy. Right. Now they're using uh, the name Wu Meng, which is, uh, I think, Chinese for no name, and the Q conspiracies are very similar. The Q conspiracies that we've been hearing about from 4chan and, and Reddit and all these places are very similar to the conspiracies presented in this book. So I don't know. I have no idea if this is actually the case, but this is another theory being thrown but, out there to explain. Well, whatever it is, it's working and it's still frightening. It's no less yeah. frightening to see a crowd of people at a Trump rally wearing mm -hmm. Q shirts, uh, having written Q on their baby's onesie, <laughs> uh, holding cardboard signs they've made uh, that bear the letter Q. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and what's interesting and funny as I roll this around in my head is that for them, Q is Robert Mueller. Yeah. That is to say, that is to say, it, it really, because as I understand the people who claim to be among QAnon, the Americans who've bought into it, whether it's real or fake, uh, believe that Q will save them, that Q will save this president, uh, that, that Q will expose the deep state conspiracy and the child uh, sex ring that it believes, the Jewish child sex ring that runs the world <laughs> as, they, as, as, as they see it. And a lot of them buy into this and they're on the websites and they're they're trading comments and so it doesn't really matter it was a, it, it's it's unfortunate the results are terribly unfortunate if it was a liberal prank yeah. but i don't think that makes it any less real and by the way speaking of t-shirts at, at uh, weekend's trump rally uh two guys in t-shirts that read i'd rather be russian than democrat yeah yeah i saw that those guys are so, nuts yeah, there are. Well, <laughs> hey, you're going, Bob, you're talking about people who were at a Trump rally. 
I know. Uh, <laughs> it's just, I was under, uh, I was deliberately which, understating which, it. Yeah. Which group of nuts? And that's that's my point here. Is yeah. now showing up at these rallies are? I mean, they were as far as I'm concerned. All the people who show up at those rallies are trouble. I know. Uh, but uh, <laughs> now there, there's there are subgroups of trouble in within them. Uh, QAnon. Uh, you know, I'd rather be Russian than yeah. Trump. I don't know that that's a group, but it is a, a frightening sentiment and illustrative of how well there was more than one of them. So I guess that's a group. So, it's a it's illustrative of of the the sorts of nutty ideas that have infiltrated uh, the Trump supporters. Yeah. So if you're listening to the show, if you're paying close attention to the show, our uh-huh. professional analysis of QAnon yes. is yes, they're, they're nuts and yeah. and they're trouble. <laughs> Yeah, they are. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you can, I know. What, what can I say? Um, you can always always turn to us for just the right adjectives <laughs> and adverbs. That's right. Our deep, insightful analysis of Trump supporters mm-hmm. and QAnon nuts That's and right. trouble. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> okay, so I mean, here, I got. I want to. I want to start selling them like robot insurance or something because they're so gullible. <laughs> I mean, those two guys wearing those T-shirts saying they'd rather be Russian than Democrat. Well, they need to remember a few things. First of all, that Russia has government-run health care. There's a mandatory government-run health care program in Russia, right? There is also legal abortion in Russia. There is no Second Amendment in Russia. They have strict gun laws and licensing and training that you have to do in order to own firearms in Russia. Are you sure... Really, old guys, are you sure you'd rather be Russian? Because, gee. And by the way, if you're liberal and you're listening into this and you have a predilection to supporting Russia, don't get any crazy ideas because they're not that great. They're not, no, they're not no, that they, great for us they, either. They, they may say they want to be our friends, yeah. but they do not want to be our friends. That's right. hey, it's amazing to me. We had two Russian uh, operatives, two Russian spies wandering mm-hmm. around the United States, rubbing elbows with uh, the Eisenhower girl yeah. and, uh, and other conservatives uh, and obviously the NRA. Uh, in one, in some cases, uh, offering sex. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and you've got these these and the NRA folks, the conservatives uh, that make up the NRA, who make up the NRA, uh, buying into it, believing, buying into what you were just talking about, believing mm-hmm. that she is a Russian gun rights advocate. Yeah. That is metaphysically absurd. <laughs> they don't have gun rights in Russia. Yeah. And if you're stupid enough to believe that Russia has gun rights advocates. Then you are gullible. <laughs> right. Yeah, we heard that uh, Maria Butina was hanging out with J.D. Gordon, Paul Erickson, all these Trump and GOP officials weeks, a matter of weeks before the 2016 election. This Russian spy was knee deep in, in all these other campaigns and links uh, to uh, we may even hear what Donald Trump Jr. I heard that name come up as a uh, possible yes. link to yes. Maria Butina. Oh, uh, I've seen him photographed. He was photographed. Oh, photographed. Yes. Oh, they yes. Oh, so yes. he was. Okay. Oh, yes. Right. Yeah, I've seen. So, I've seen. A, I've uh, con- positively seen a picture of him and her together. Yes. So smell the Drakkar Noir, Maria Butina. <laughs> um, okay. Well, speaking of Donald Trump Jr., we're going to dig into this uh, business with Donald Trump throwing his uh, his own boy under a bus <laughs> over the weekend. <laughs> First, let's wash up. Yeah, let's wash up with Bubble Genius right after these words. <laughs> You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business 
proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Yes, it is. Welcome back to the show today. Thank you for joining us. Okay, so uh, Donald Trump hurled his boy under a bus. And I think this is deliberate. I think this is another instance where really, yeah. I, I thought no, I thought it was because since all of that was out of stupidity, I figured that was just part of the stupidity. <laughs> I, I can't imagine. I mean, I, I think he, I think he loves the boy. I, I think he screwed up. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's it might be that he was trying to get out ahead of the story. Uh, it was one of yeah, those oh, cases well, where sure, yeah. sure, for both of them because his tweet, uh, which is I think where you're going with this, is was trouble for him and for his son. Yeah. It, it, it puts them both in legal jeopardy and so in trying to defend as he put it, his wonderful son, he actually made things worse for his wonderful son as well as for himself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he tweeted the other day on the August 5th, what was that, Sunday? He said, this was right. a meeting to get in information on an opponent which is completely opposite of what he said a little more than a year ago when he said it was all about yep. adoptions and blah right. blah blah by this point we've already been over this a bunch of times sure. uh since uh since this tweet first went out but it's important to uh to revisit all of this because again we have collusion this is evidence of yes collusion once again yes. and you cannot deny that this was not a meeting for uh the, the trump people to get dirt on hillary clinton from the russians and what they're going to do now is they're going to try to make sure that this is stripped of its context so you know we saw from donald trump we saw from other people that oh this goes on all the time people get right. dirt on their opponents all the time and all the red hats go yeah you're right i think that's true they do right. get dirt politicians deal in dirt shocker and it's a it's a democrat's job to quickly shout not no. from a hostile foreign power. Right. In the midst of an attack against the United States. Right. That's the context. Russia was attacking us. It was a gigantic cyber attack. And these guys basically participated in that attack, or at least receiving the fruits of that attack up to that point. And, and again, you know, the thing that I keep going back to, Buzz, is this was just one meeting. There are right, dozens right. of other meetings with people like Jeff Sessions and Russians and Jared oh, Kushner yeah. and oh, Russians yeah. and, and, and meetings that were taking place during the Republican National Convention, which was right around the time when we first heard that Russia was attacking the United States to help Donald Trump win. That it was Russia who hacked the DNC and the DCCC and released all of those emails with the help of WikiLeaks. Right. That was We heard all of that right around the time when Donald Trump's going, hey, if you've got the rest of the uh, Hillary Clinton emails, Russia. Russia, turn them over. And so you put together right. this timeline now. 
with this June 9th, 2016 Trump television. And, and Mueller has much, much more than that. just that. Yeah, yeah, he mm -hmm. does, he does. And so the whole timeline that of, of that couple yeah. of days really starts to make sense now mm -hmm. that Donald Trump, who continues to say that he did not know about the meeting when, in fact, all of the evidence, at least if we believe what we see, for God's sake, objective reality here, it, it tells us that he did know something because two days before he that was, meeting was held, and, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, he was in the building. He promised that there was going to be dirt on Hillary Clinton. Yep. We have reports of a pre-meeting now that was accidentally spilled by Rudy Giuliani, mm -hmm. who spills things as accidentally as his client, <laughs> uh, and, and on and on. I mean, uh, there are... Yeah, you know, you don't need much more of a case, and like I said, Mueller has even more than that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely has more than that. He has the details on all of these meetings, so we're going to see. I think we're going to see more uh, meetings, maybe not with the scope and size of the Trump Tower meeting, but certainly individual meetings along the way, the, some of which we've heard about and some which we haven't heard about yet. But uh, we know that the White House was in damage control mode as a result of this tweet the other day because they they canceled a bunch of press availabilities for Trump uh, on uh, for the rest of the day, Sunday, and certainly into Monday and, and probably in today, too. I don't know if he's stepped up to any microphones yet today, but I don't think they're letting him. They're not letting him because, of course. No, no. Yeah. No, yeah. He's being told to not take any questions. He's oh, yeah. Specifically, we've had that reported out that he has been told that. He's been told also not to tweet. Yep. Uh, especially about uh, this. And once again. Uh, uh, and, well, and once it's again, too late, of course. Yeah, yeah. And once again, brave Sir Donald ran away. The the, the brave, brave Sir Donald ran away. Sir Donald ran away. Yes, he did. He's running away. Ran away, away he did. Brave, brave Sir Donald. When reporters asked about what he said, he bravely turned uh -huh. his tail and fled, and he hid right there behind his desk, and, and he chickened out. Right, he doesn't want to talk to any press, and you know what? They're starting to back away from the idea of being interviewed by Mueller. This this seems like it's in jeopardy now, like this isn't yeah, going to happen. I, and I don't know if they can get away with that, and there are, of course, political consequences yeah. for that. There are possible legal ramifications for that. Um, you know, and I've read arguments that, that say that neither side wants a court fight over this, although there is scary reason to believe that if there were a court fight, Trump would win mm -hmm. uh, if he gets, especially if he gets Kavanaugh into the Supreme Court. And that's a very real uh, yep. possibility in terms of scenarios. Uh, but uh, th that's, that's where this is headed right now. Well, you notice that this tweet, uh, about Donald Trump Jr. and the meeting in Trump Tower last year in 2016 uh, happened during uh, some uh, flying around on Air Force One. Yes. And uh, one of those, at least one of well, those. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of drinking and hookah smoking. And that sort of <laughs> exactly. One of those flights, Hope Hicks was photographed boarding Air Force One for at least one of those flights. I'm not sure exactly which one, but it was, it was certainly the one uh, during which Trump ended up tweeting this thing about Donald Trump Jr. and the Trump Tower meeting. Hope Hicks was aboard Air Force One. And yes. Carolee Coons from Crooks and Liars came up with an interesting little blurb on Twitter that I thought was worth considering, which is Do that, tell. yeah, what if Hope Hicks was wired? during her trip to Ohio with yeah, Trump. Yeah, I've, I've heard this theory, and I've heard a couple of seasoned prosecutors say they don't think that was probably <clears throat> the case. Uh, you know, first of all, I'm sure Trump frisked her. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, but but I you know I don't I just I I don't know I I don't know I do I, I do know this and this is the important thing. Yeah. There's no reason to believe that Hope Hicks has not been an honest witness as she has already been interviewed by Mueller. There's no reason uh, Mueller's team. There's no reason to believe that she wouldn't be honest again when they call her back as they are going to do mm-hmm. because she boarded Air Force One. Yeah. Uh, this may have been so impromptu. That I I don't know. I guess she could have been wearing a wire. It just doesn't seem likely. I'll I'll leave it there. I think she's a lovely woman. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I I think that uh, it's 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 unlikely that she was wearing a wire, as you said. First of all, I think she has to go through some form of security in the process of getting aboard Air Force metal detector and such. Right, right. But I, you know, that doesn't mean she's not going to relay any conversation she overheard while on Air Force One because it was Air it was being on Air Force One in the first place that got her in trouble uh, regarding the Trump Tower meeting a year ago where she was part and parcel with Donald Trump of composing that uh, excuse about Magnitsky and And the adoptions. And a White House lawyer who was standing or sitting right there with Hope Hicks and Trump as this was going down, a guy named Mark, I can't think of his last name now, resigned immediately afterward because he felt that they were all engaged in something improper and probably illegal. Yep, yep. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, Rudy Giuliani is preparing his response to Robert Mueller uh, regarding this in-person interview with Trump, which is most likely going to be a no, we're not going to do it because our guy is going (laughs) to... Our guy's going to perjure himself. There's no bigger admission from anyone involved in all of this than when Trump's own lawyers, in most cases, it's Rudy Giuliani, basically admitting that Trump is going to lie under oath. So they're trying to keep him from actually uh, talking to Robert Mueller or testifying before the grand jury, especially. Well, he has a tendency to to lie. He has a tendency to not understand the facts to the point of misstating them. Yeah. In other words, he's just uh, talking out of his ass. Uh, so there's there's that, and then there's the occasion on which he blurts out the truth. Yeah, and and as he did in that tweet over the weekend that they mm-hmm. said, Donald, stop tweeting. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right. and, don't, and don't go out that door. Yeah, there are fact, reporters uh, out there. We we have a recording of uh, of Emmett Flood's office the other day when Trump tweeted that out. Shut like, up. Yeah, this is hey, shut the hell. He started up. screaming at shut Trump. Up. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up! Shut up! Uh, boy, Emmett Flood sure sounds like Skylar White from Breaking Bad. Well, his voice goes up. He gets emotional. His voice goes up. <laughs> so here's the strategy I think Mueller was playing with this latest round of talks in terms of getting Trump to okay. uh, answer some questions. I think Mueller wanted to say, uh, going into this last round, we're going to make it really easy for him. We're going to give him the questions in advance, and he can answer some of them in writing. And so uh-huh. it's like the lowest bar to clear. And when Trump... Trump refuses to even try to clear that bar, then that's going to give Mueller the justification to uh, issue a subpoena to get uh, Trump to testify. Because, you know, at least politically, but public, the public view of this is that, wow, Trump wouldn't even answer questions when he was given the questions right. in advance and they were easy questions and some of them he could have prepared in writing beforehand. Are you and kidding? Hopefully, yeah, and hopefully they will also see that Mueller took every effort yeah. to... Make this easy. Exactly right. And that's that's the point. That's the point. And so when Trump says, well, no, I'm not even going to do the easy thing, 
then it makes it a little more acceptable, I think, broadly speaking, where you're going to get some of those people who are not fully aboard the Trump train anymore going, right. yeah, you know what? Mueller's got a point. He wouldn't even do the easy shit. So, yeah, let's slap him with a subpoena and see I what think happens. That's a, I think that's a plausible strategy, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, as it's, Trump likes to say. I mean, can you imagine, though, going into the midterms with a, a fight in the Supreme Court over whether or not Trump has to testify before the grand jury about Trump? Trump would love it. Trump would love it. Putin would love it. It's chaos. They both love the chaos. And, uh, you know, it's fascinating uh, that uh, Putin should get so lucky as to have a candidate come along like Donald Trump who would sow precisely the kind of chaos that Putin dreams of in the United States. Well, you know what? It could swing either way. I think the door swings either way on this one. I think it either creates chaos and works to Putin and Trump's benefit, or it actually dings Trump a little bit, makes him more toxic so that he can't necessarily go around and do these these, uh, endless cocaine rants at the various rallies and so on, you know? Yeah, that's still the happy ending that I'm hoping for. Uh, You know, that's that's what I... uh, hopefully predicted at the start of all of this yeah uh that would be the resolution that uh, as a nation we would come out of this uh, older and wiser and perhaps a little bruised but uh, certainly more ready uh to defend ourselves against this sort of thing and this sort of deception in the future uh so yeah it, but it's 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 always, uh, you know, it, it always gets worse before it gets better. Yeah, but let's go back to uh, Facebook for a second. I want to talk about Facebook here before we wrap up the show. Bastards. Uh, yeah, um, you know, and, and and by way of discussing Facebook, I want to rewind to uh, 2013 when I was saying, you know what? Uh, of all of the villains out there who are gathering your personal information, I would suggest that the United States government, including the NSA and the FBI and the CIA, whoever might be eavesdropping on your phone calls, vastly insignificant when compared to corporate eavesdropping. Yes, corporate oh, collection. Thank you. Yeah. I've believed this all along. Yep. I mean, you know, first of all, I've, I've said a few times, uh, I don't think there is such a thing as privacy anymore. <laughs> right. I, I think it's it's pretty much. Uh, an antiquated uh, hope at this point in this yeah. technological age. Oh, yeah. I I wish we could still have it. Uh, there was a reason it was in the Constitution, uh, is and still is. Uh, but it's not protectable anymore. I don't think yeah. in in this sort of uh, digital age that we live in. So I've pretty much given up all hope on on privacy per se. Oh yeah, uh, and just to say they can't watch all of us at once. So do what you want. <laughs> right. Uh, it's sort of the the, the philosophy. That I've developed, but you're you're right. That what they're collecting on us uh, at the corporate level is much more frightening than anything uh, the traditional governmental big brother might do. Yeah, and I always wonder when I think about the when I read stories like this, and I remember back to what was going on when Snowden first came out, and Greenwald right. was doing all the reporting and everything. Uh, is that uh, I wonder how many people who were angry about the NSA wonder how many people uh, along those lines actually now have Google microphones and Amazon microphones in their homes recording every fucking thing that they say or do inside their own homes. I backed over mine with my car. (laughs) That's the way to do it. That's actually the thing to do to those devices. I really did. It was very clever and cute at first when I could ask it how many tablespoons and a half cup and stuff like that, but... Uh, and I'm done with it, and I, it's it's I know it's watching me. Its eyes follow me when I cross yeah. the room, and so I I got rid of it. I I I silenced it. It's it's, 
It listens no more. Well, here's a bit of an experiment you could try, and then I'm going to get to this Facebook story real quick. Here's a bit of an experiment. Go to The Intercept, which is the uh, the Greenwald website, uh, which does have some decent reporting on it. There's, I mean, Ryan Grimm is over there. Ryan Grimm's doing some good reporting and so on. I think there are some things that are worthwhile reads over there. I'm not indicting the entire site by any stretch of the imagination, but n- knowing that Glenn Greenwald, that is his hub right now, if you want to try an experiment, go to your web browser add-ons and add something called Ghostery, which tells you the number of cookies that are added to your uh, or that are, are added to your computer every time you visit mm-hmm. a site, and the information that those cookies collects. Right. Uh, and then go to the Intercept and see how many different cookies, how many different web trackers are installed on your computer just from going and looking at Glenn Greenwald's articles on the Intercept. You'll be shocked to see the number of web trackers that are following you around as a result of just going to that site so that brings us to of course facebook which is notorious for this shit and we just hand them all of our personal information we just give it we just hand it right over there's no accountability there's no way to replace these people they're not public servants they're not on the government payroll there are no checks and balances to keep these guys in in line so what does facebook do facebook starts holding meetings with all of the major banks to start collecting everything down to your bank balances in order to better shove uh, uh, products in in front of your faces to buy that's the kind of invasion of privacy that's happening from facebook right now they want to be a platform where people buy and sell goods and services besides connecting with friends that is the stated goal they listen on messenger i had a conversation with a friend on messenger where uh she mentioned a product (laughs) and a certain product and then i go elsewhere i go to other websites to go to uh, news sites or whatever and off to the side where the ads are there's an ad for precisely the thing the the item that we were discussing (laughs) yeah that happens to me all the time uh, you know, I understand if I post something about a company or a product that I'm probably going to be hooked up to an ad for it. Mm-hmm. But it's very unnerving uh, when a private conversation, uh, you know, suddenly becomes the target of advertising. Yeah, yeah. Facebook has talked about a feature that would show its users their checking account balances. It, it also pitched fraud alerts. Some of the people in uh-huh. these meetings said data privacy is a sticking point of banks conversations with Facebook, of course, according to so the banks don't want to necessarily hand over this crap. But God right. damn it, when we're talking about Russian infiltration of elections, we're talking about groups like Cambridge it's Analytica, vulnerable. Yeah. yeah, being able to compile all this information and create psychological profiles down to individual voters and then handing it over to people like Donald Trump and Brad Parscale. That is absolutely fucking terrifying and if your attention is drawn toward the nsa with some sort of metadata collection maybe possibly but with warrants authorized by a a fisa court then your priorities i think are (laughs) a little out of whack i'm just saying i'm not i'm not necessarily accusing you of being uh misprioritized in terms of your privacy but i think i think you gotta look at places like facebook first you gotta look at your banks first you gotta look at your credit cards first and see the kind of information they're gathering about you, and you don't even know it. And wear protection. What we're yeah. saying is wear, wear protection. protection. <laughs> exactly right. right. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's do some plugs here, I think. Huh? Okay. Buzz, bu- of course, Buzz Burbank, this guy right here. Buzz Burbank uh, can be found at buzzburbank.com. On Twitter, it's at Michael J. Elston. 
Uh, also, you can find Buzz Burbank News and Comment at Stitcher Radio. By the way, we're, this show is fixed on Stitcher. You can now get this show updated regularly on cool. Stitcher. There was a glitch for the longest time, and then there was a glitch with iTunes. And and oh, no. God damn it, I'm trying not to be paranoid about these things. <laughs> I'm trying not to think that these things were deliberate, but Stitcher and iTunes both individually started to screw us by not updating the show. Huh. And so, but I finally, after months and months and months, I finally got uh, iTunes and Stitcher Good. all squared away. I Good. Think. Well, I've been getting my, I haven't missed a single episode. Well, uh, it's it's been showing up in people's libraries, but not uh, showing up on the iTunes store. So if you go oh, to the I iTunes oh. News and Politics uh, vertical, and then you go to the Bob Seska show in that vertical, the the listing of shows just on that screen they, that well, wasn't updating yeah. and so it was people really should, people should give you a great review <laughs> they should update their iTunes regularly yes and uh, spread the word and while you're there go and subscribe to Buzz Burbank News and Comment make sure to subscribe to the Mark and Lowell Show the entire Realm Network bank of uh, of podcasts they're uh, free. Plus, uh, Jody Hamilton, you can hear her podcast at from-the-bunker.com. You can hear Jackie Schechner at investigaterussia.org. The Stephanie Miller Show is at stephaniemiller.com, even though I'm insanely jealous of her right now. Name dropper. Yeah. Kimberly Kimberly Johnson is at patreon.com slash startmeup. That is her podcast. And David Ferguson's podcast is at part, patreon.com slash the T-Rex report. Go and do that right now. And also, by the way, you can listen to this show at littlegreenfootballs.com. Thanks to Charles Johnson for that. Yay. All right, coming up tomorrow, it is uh, Cliff Schechter and John Aravosis from the Unprecedented Podcast. They're going to be joining me for the interview show on Wednesday. And then I think, uh, let me see, it uh, Jody Hamilton on Thursday's show. Aha, yay. So lots of fun and action and hijinks coming up. Thank you for listening, folks. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. <laughs>